Again, glad that you're here. I want to encourage you every week to be thinking about who you can invite. It's, it's not a hard thing. It's a very simple thing. If each of us will think about somebody to bring here, uh, we'll continue to see our men's lunch grow. So you think about a, a coworker, a family member, a friend that you just meet here or you pick up on the way and, and bring them here on Thursdays, and, and we'll continue to see God work as we grow our men's lunch. Glad that you're here today. Today we're going to start a verse-by-verse study of 1 John. We just went through First and Second Peter. We're going to move to 1 John. Last week we looked at an introduction uh, to the book, and this week we're actually going to move into the verses. Uh, remember the context that we that we kind of set up last week as we as we began to prepare for our study. Remember the the apostle John uh, now is an older man. Uh, now it's been some time; it's been many years since he actually walked with Christ, since he was witness uh, to the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. Those years are, are long past. Those years are in his in his memory bank. And now we find him as he is writing to several churches at least. I believe he's probably writing to the churches that are addressed in the book of Revelation, at the start of the book of Revelation. But he's writing at least to to several churches to an issue that has sprung up in Christian practice, an issue that has sprung up in, in the practice of the church. That issue was a mixing of religious ideas. In, in the context, it was a very religious time, and it was an acceptable thing. It was a popular thing uh, to have a religious idea, a religious thought. And people in Christian uh, circles, people in the church, were led to accept uh, this merging of ideas. And so there would be this religious thought, and there would be this pagan thought, and there would be this thought. And they would, they would start to merge all of these, these religious ideas. I think today that's very similar to what we see. Uh, we talked last week about inclusivism, and that's what they were seeing. We see it branded as the word tolerance today. And in the name of tolerance, we begin to include all these other thoughts. And today, it's kind of like when somebody will say, well, just as long as they believe something. You ever heard that? I hear people say, well, just as long as they believe something. Or it's, it's just about faith. Isn't it just always about faith? Or I even hear people, and they get a little bit more specific, but they say, you know what, it's just as long as they believe in Jesus. And as long as they believe in Jesus, it's all the same. Let's not get too carried away with doctrine. As long as we believe in Jesus. And it is seen in our day, just as in his, that it would be smart, and it would be wise, and it would be tolerant, and it would be loving to say, well, it really doesn't matter what we believe as long as we believe in something. That's the most loving thing that we could say. Well, that same idea that we have today uh, had taken hold then, it was beginning to grow then. And so the old man John says, actually, here's the truth. And I think that's very interesting. It, evidently, it was so provoking to him that he writes this letter and says, you know what, I need to clear some things up and I'm gonna tell you the truth today. Listen very carefully. The truth of today is this. It absolutely does matter what we believe. Do not let that be robbed from you. Do not let that be watered down. It absolutely, absolutely does matter what we believe today. It is not any gospel that saves. It is the true gospel of Jesus Christ that saves. It's not any idea of Jesus that we follow. There's a whole bunch of ideas about Jesus. It's not any Jesus that is our Lord and Savior. It is the true Jesus. 
Be sure today, the truth absolutely matters. John chapter 17, verse 17, thy word is truth. You know what that means? It's, it's something we just need to come back and hammer over and over. As Christians, we are directed by the word of God. As Christians, we are led by the word of God. Over and over, we need to hear that. Our, our direction, our cue comes from the word of God. And if we're singing songs, those songs need to match up with the word of God. If we're hearing sermons, if we're hearing preachers, what they're preaching needs to match up with the word of God. What we believe absolutely does matter. All right, here we go. We're going to start looking at our verses. First John chapter 1. Today I'm going to read the first four verses, and then we'll come back and look at those verses. First John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 says this. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we've seen with our eyes, what we've looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4, these things we write so that our joy may be made complete. That's the first four verses we're going to start with tonight, today. Let me start with the first verse and we'll, and we'll break it down. First verse again says this. What was from the beginning? What we have heard, what we've seen with our eyes, what we've looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. First verse of 1 John says this. The starting place is Jesus. Do you understand that? The starting place is Jesus. The word of life here, it's referring to Jesus. He is the walking word of God, Jesus. He is the, the living word of God. And so understand, the starting place is always Jesus. Here's this thread. These false teachers in the church, the false religion outside of the church, he starts off in the very first verse, he says the starting place is Jesus. Listen, if we get Jesus wrong, it doesn't matter what else we get right. The starting place is Jesus. Now, the verse starts off and it says this. What was from the beginning? What was from the beginning? Now, I think this is very interesting when you, when you think about the context of what's happening. What was from the beginning? John says here, nothing has changed. That's what he's saying. What was from the beginning? Nothing has changed. We're not adding anything to the gospel. We're not adapting the gospel. There's not an old gospel, and there's not now coming a new, improved gospel. He's saying there is the truth. There is the gospel, and it has been the very same from the beginning. Men, anytime somebody tries to add or tries to subtract, or tries to redefine the gospel, we need to call them what they are. And that's an agent of Satan. Honestly, that's what they are. Isn't he the one that perverts the truth? Isn't he the one that wants to change the truth? Anytime 
somebody comes along and wants to add to the gospel or leave out part of the gospel or reinterpret the gospel, we need to call that person what they are, an agent of Satan. There, there are guys today, and they're starting to take hold all over our, our country. There's guys with a new word today, with a, a new message today, and they would say, God is doing a new thing in this day. A bunch of them say the age of the apostle has opened back up, and they say the Bible is not sufficient, and the Bible is not complete, and God's word is not, a lot, is not enough. And we need to understand those folks are agents of Satan. Satan attacks the truth. Satan wants to distort the truth. Let me just tell you this, and so we're not, we're not fooled. Those nice guys riding around on the bicycles, and they are polite. They are polite. They seem nice enough, but be very sure they are agents of Satan. If they can have their way, they would lead you to the depth of hell and you and your wife and your kids, they're agents of Satan. John says here, you know what? The truth hasn't changed. It's the truth that goes all the way back to the beginning. We're not adding stuff to it. We're not taking stuff away. We're reporting the truth. It starts with Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. Then it continues in the verse. What we have heard... What we have seen with our eyes, what we've looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, concerning Jesus. Now I want you to think about that, that statement for just a second. The guy who is penning this, the guy who is writing this, he heard Jesus teach. He heard the teachings of Christ. The guy who's writing this, he saw the storms and the waves be calmed. The guy that... The guy that that is writing this, he, he saw uh, Jesus as he was fishing. He saw Jesus as he was sleeping. He saw the day-to-day parts of his life. The guy that is, is pinning this, he was there at the last Passover. He was there at the institution of the Lord's Supper. He saw this guy that wrote this, he saw his Savior nailed to a cross and he saw his blood running out. That's your mom now. He saw it. The guy that wrote this, he saw him dead as they, as they pull him off the cross and they have to hurriedly wrap him up and put him in a grave. He saw it. Not only that, three days later, he saw Jesus actually physically resurrected. And so do you see what he's saying here? I am. We are witnesses to the truth. We're witnesses to the gospel. I was there. I saw it. You mark it down. We're not adding anything to it. This is the truth of the gospel. The life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus as the payment for sinful people. By faith in him, we are saved. He is saying, this is the truth. I saw it with my eyes. I touched him with my hands. I am witness to the truth. Now, here's what I take from that. And and man, we need to hear this. Here's what I take from that. The gospel of Christ is not some spiritual smoke. The gospel of Christ is not some mystical mystery. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not some 
strange thing that has to be discerned by some spiritually elite person in some secret system somewhere. No, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is real and it's physical and it's historical and it was verifiable and it is the truth that he was testifying to. Jesus was alive. He lived a life with no sin. He was killed. He was butchered on a Roman cross. He was raised three days later and by faith in him we're saved. It's not some mystical thing that we have to sit around and ponder. It is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, I watch kooks today and the internet's full of them. It's it's putting out a preponderance of this stuff and they're sitting around talking words that don't even make sense anymore. Listen, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ and it hasn't changed from the start. That's what he's saying. It is the truth. It is a plain truth and it is the same truth. It is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Moving to verse two. And the life was manifested. And we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Now, the word manifested means made known, made known. So when you read the verse two times, it's talking about what was made known. He says the life was made known. Now, it's the same thought that he's been talking about there in the first verse. It is not a secret The gospel's not a secret. The gospel has been made known. And it's been made known in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. The word of life. Jesus was made known. The good news of the gospel was made known in Jesus Christ. What they had seen, what they were witness to, they now testify to. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? You know what? I'm not here trying to figure this out. That's not what he's saying. Well, I'm not here trying to put together something that makes sense. He's saying what I saw with my eyes, what was made known in the person of Jesus Christ, the gospel I am proclaiming to you. He says this, what I have received, what I have made known, was made known to me, I'm now making known to you. It is his desire to pass on the truth. Verse three, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also. Here we go again. What we've seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Listen to these words. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. See this. Their fellowship was in the truth. Do you see that? That's what he's saying here. What the truth is, what we, what we heard, what we saw What the truth is we proclaim so that you too, so that you also may embrace the truth and embracing the truth, you may have fellowship with us. That's what he's saying here. We're going to tell you what the truth is so that when you hear the truth and when you embrace the truth, that us together embracing the truth, we might have fellowship. Listen, the unifying tie, the tie that binds is the truth. That's what that's saying. The tie that binds is the truth. We tell you the truth so that by your embracing the truth, we may have this fellowship. And listen, the fellowship is based on the truth. Now what that means is this, and this is what he's telling them. We do not accept all religious teaching. That's what he's saying. 
You know what, all religious teaching, I don't care what, what great sounding words you've tied to it, not all of it is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not all the truth, and we're not accepting all this religious teaching, and we do not unify with those that have a false, non-biblical, religious teaching. That's what the verse says. You know what? We're in fellowship when we accept the truth of Jesus Christ. Those who have a non-biblical idea, we do not unify with them. The culture then, and I'm going to say it's my perspective, I think the culture a hundred times more now says, well, isn't it the spiritual thing? Isn't it the, the intellectual thing? Isn't it the loving thing to say, well, it doesn't really matter as long as it's a faith in something and maybe if we share some of the same words, John says our fellowship, the thing that unifies us is the biblical truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what unifies us. Now that's hard. That's tough. We have no bond unless it's a bond of the truth. That's, that's a hard line to take. That's what he's saying. Why does he take such a hard line? Isn't, isn't that pretty crazy? Why does he take such a hard line? The verse continues and it says this. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now that's the next part of the verse. Now what that means is this. If it's not the truth, if it's not the truth of who Jesus is, if it's not the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know what, I don't want to have fellowship with you. There is no fellowship apart from that truth. But you know what he's saying this? If there's no truth and you're not basing your life and your religious practice upon the truth, you do not have fellowship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Now it starts to be a bigger deal. That, that's why he writes this. And I, I wonder, what, what is it that provokes an old man to say, you know what, I need to go back and I need to write this. God led him. This is a big deal. The world may celebrate this mixing of ideas. The world may celebrate this mixing of religious practice. But let me just tell you, and that's what he's saying there, as accepted as it is, as tolerant as it may seem, if it doesn't lead you to be restored in your fellowship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, listen, it is not neutral. It is not close enough. It is a lie from Satan. Well, isn't it close enough? Isn't it close enough? They talk about Jesus too, isn't it close enough? Well, isn't it just neutral as long as they're believing something? Isn't God gonna show them grace? They, they tried to find something. It's not neutral and it's not close enough. It is a lie and it's from Satan himself. Verse four. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. We write, is what he's saying, because it matters. We write that you'll have the truth and having the truth, you'll have fellowship with a God that you've sinned against. We write this because in that fellowship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, we're going to have a common bond, and the common bond is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're going to be a community of God's grace saved by faith in Jesus Christ. So that's why we write this, that our joy will be made complete. That is a hard message. Honestly, that's a pretty rough message. 
You could call that a judgmental message, couldn't you? That's one of the things that people in, in the name of tolerance say, well, you can't tell them they're wrong. Well, you can't say that's wrong. That's, that's, a, pretty judgmental, that's a pretty judgmental message, isn't it? That's, a, that's an arrogant thing to say. That's, a, that's an arrogant thing. Look, he is vigilant in presenting this truth. Now, let me tell you why. This is where we're going to wrap it up. The reason he's vigilant, the reason he takes such a hard stand, the reason he'll oppose a culture that says something else looks better is because the truth is the only way to find Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you some things haven't changed. We're all sinners. That hasn't changed. Some things haven't changed. We've all earned a punishment, separation from God now, and separation from God for eternity in our sins. You're responsible for your sin. I am too. That hasn't changed. I want to tell you the truth is this. God loved you so much. He loved me so much. That's the craziest thing I can't figure out. He loves us so much. He sends his only begotten son. He lets him come and they spit upon him. He lets him come where they consider him of no esteem. He lets him come where he takes the sin of the world and he bears it to the cross of Calvary. The Bible says he's beaten so bad, he's not in the image of a man. You couldn't have picked him out of a lineup. You wouldn't even recognize who he was. He lets him come and across his back they whip stripes. The son of God, the good news is he does that in my place, your place. Some things do not change. The good news has it. Put him in a grave. News hasn't changed. Actually physically dead, news hasn't changed. Easter Sunday, actually physically resurrected the risen Savior. The news hasn't changed. And by faith in him, not of any work of your own, not of getting good enough, not of memorizing enough verses, not of quitting cussing and quitting this and quitting that, not of impressing God in any manner, but by faith in Jesus Christ, you are saved. Saved. Well, this is judgmental. No, this is grace. This is hard. No, this is good news. But if you change it, you mess it up. And so this old guy, John, comes up and says, let me tell you about my friend. His name was Jesus. Let me tell you, I saw him and I, I grieved on my knees. They took him and they nailed him to a cross. Let me tell you about my friend Jesus. But you know, I walked with him and I saw him for 40 days. He ate some fish. And one day he ascended to the right hand of the throne of God. Let me tell you about my friend Jesus. This is good news. This is God's grace. May we never change it. Let's pray. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please, and I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Glad you were here today. During Father, we come, and I'm thankful for the good news. I'm thankful for forgiveness for a messed up, sorry sinner like me. Thankful that as, as far as I travel, as, as selfish and prideful as I was, that you, you loved me. You sent your only begotten son and you trade him. And he takes my punishment that I might be forgiven. That's good news. I pray today that some here that have never put their faith in Christ, I pray that in the preaching of the good news that today they would put their faith in Jesus. They would just cry out to Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. But I pray for us as saved men in this room. I pray that we wouldn't tolerate someone trying to change the truth. That we'd be like this old man, John, that we couldn't take a stretching, a distortion, a subtraction of the truth. Because the gospel is still the power of God and the salvation. 
Let us stand and let us proclaim that truth. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.